0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.
1: Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin
2: flair. Vaches? I don't have to show you how to stinking vaches?
1: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: All right, it's Friday, and I, you know what? I would... I would love to tell you it's a Friday where we can all just look forward to the weekend, but I, I have a, an uneasy feeling that this particular Friday and what's being discussed on Capitol Hill will be the beginning of something that is not good for our country. I'll explain here in a moment after I tell you how to get in touch with the Chris Salcedo Show. And I don't know, maybe some of you folks who I know are out there by the tens of thousands listening to the program, this might be the day you want to pick up the phone and dial. And I'll explain here in a minute. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. We are the antidote to the basket of bias press, the Brian Williams Press here on the Chris Salcedo Show. We seek to inform, to educate, and perhaps today we will deliver Probably some of the most devastating news that any, well, real American would want to hear. If you want to listen to the program live, TheBlaze.com slash radio. The Blaze Radio smartphone app. The iHeartRadio app. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher if you want to listen to on-demand programming. It means binge listening at at your schedule. uh, Social media. On Facebook. The Chris Salcedo Show. At Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX at C H R I S S A L C E D O T X and on TheBlaze.com. there is a channels tab. I would encourage you to go there, click on the channel section, and find us. Another uh, aspect of the day, we are saying uh, not, not not goodbye is not the is not the right uh, terminology. We're saying. A bon voyage and good luck to uh, to producer Ellie, who is going to be taking on other duties here at the Blaze Radio Network and the Blaze Mega Complex. And she'll be leaving the Chris Salcedo show as of today. And uh, her contributions are, uh, even though I, I probably didn't say it often enough, but uh, I really appreciate everything that she has um has devoted to the show. I,
4: Salsi, Salcedo, yeah, is, the liberty-loving Latino. That's
3: chief among them right there. I mean, that's. I am told that folks actually sing this in the shower. <laughs> and setting the Salcedo show to um, to music was something that was, was was actually a very big contribution. Due to
4: technical difficulties, we are rejoining with the Chris Salcedo show already in progress. I... I am a nasty woman.
3: So we will... <laughs> <be> <laughs> we'll miss. We'll miss Ellie. Um, miss Ellie, get it? Well, she doesn't get it. She doesn't. Did you ever watch uh, Dallas? Did you ever watch the, the, the old reruns of Dallas? No, but I, I went to the place
4: that it was filmed at.
3: Yeah, South Fork. Right, so you don't even know who the character... You don't know who J.R. is. You don't know who Bobby Ewing is. You don't know who Miss Ellie is.
0: No, but I've heard of them
3: you <laughs> well, they're fictional characters.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, from ha-
3: has anybody ever called you Miss Ellie and go, "Oh, that reminds me of
0: no nope. Dallas." It's no. always Ellie Mae.
3: Ellie, oh Ellie Mae, that's from Ellie Mae, Clampett. The Clampets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it, Beverly Hillbillies, right? Yep. Yep. Well, Miss Ellie was the matriarch of the of the Ewings, the. The family of Ewing's, the, the, the oil tycoons in Dallas. Um, it was, uh, it was uh, an iconic show back in the 80s, way before your time, Miss Millennial, Miss Millennial. But, but thank you, from the bottom of my heart, all your uh, contributions to the show. Um, all right, so what, what are, where are we starting today? Well, we're starting with uh, healthcare, And I'm not, look, I, I'm not being rhetorical. And you know what? When when talk show hosts say stuff like this, when, when talk show hosts get either philosophical or start talking doom and gloom, this is the quickest way for us to be either dismissed or written off as a bunch of kooks. So I'm a little leery about what I'm going to say, but what the hell? I'm going to say it anyway. We may look back on This week, as the beginning of the end of the American experiment, when Democrats and Republicans both agreed that it was over. Now, I'm not, I've already tweeted out to the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, uh, begging him to veto it, but I know he won't because he has been told, and he's a politically speaking, he's an amateur. And he has not done the investigation into what socialized medicine has, has done to other countries and how it is the harbinger of the end of the country's prominence, their fiscal prominence, their military prominence, and also their leadership roles in the world. Nobody looks to the UK for leadership. Nobody looks to the Canada for leadership. Nobody looks to France for leadership. Nobody looks to those places. Nobody looks to Venezuela for leadership. Nobody looks to Cuba for leadership. Communist slash slash socialist countries. Because they've, they've bought into this collectivist crap. And that's what it is. It's crap. And it is the cancer that erodes nations. Now, of the Republican bill, I can say this. It's better than Obamacare. But remember, I have called Obamacare a cancer. So you can say Mitch McConnell and the Republican bill is better than cancer. And as many of you will observe, well, that's not saying much. And you're absolutely right, it's not. One of the things, the good things that the law does is it gets rid of the individual mandates and the uh, employer mandates. Otherwise, there's a... A pot of money, $127 billion, yes, with a B, sitting there and Mitch McConnell and his Republicans are adding $70 billion to that. That's a $200 billion pot of money that you pay for, that your taxes pay for. Or more, More to the point, your children and your grandchildren are on the hook for paying for. So all of you folks who are, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, Mitch McConnell's age, Nancy Pelosi's age. You will go to your grave secure in the knowledge that you screwed your children and grandchildren. You screwed them. You put on their backs uh, mounds and mounds and mounds of unrepayable debt. Secure in the fact that you'll be dead and gone and you want to deal with it and they will have to live in the world that you created for them. I've said this in the past about a particular ideology and a particular person who would say, hey, I got a great idea. Why don't we charge up the credit card to the tune of billions of dollars and leave it for our kids and our grandkids to pay? Trillions of dollars, let's do that. It takes a real special person to advocate for policies like that. To which, some of these progressives that I'm talking about would say, well, then, you know, quit being so greedy with your money and start paying more taxes. Start paying, if you just paid your fair share, who who determines the fair share? Well, we do, because we're government. And if we say you got to give up half your paycheck, you better damn well do it because that's your fair share. And if we say you got to give up 75% of your paycheck, well, then damn well better do it because that's your fair share and we're government, we said so. That's all well and good, but that wasn't how this country was founded. This country was founded on the American people telling government what to do. Not the other way around. And we've forgotten. We've forgotten it. On uh, one of the local shows, I had this conversation yesterday about education. You guys know how I feel about that. It's a f- the government-run, government-centered education system has turned into uh, a jobs program for adults. And that's how it's looked at. And kids don't get educated, see? Uh, and, I, and I heard from teachers on my Facebook page. So-and-so who you were talking about is, is dedicated to the public education system. I said, yes, I understand that. I, w- I, w- I was talking about a teacher on one of the local shows. And I said, yes, I understand that. I understand, and, and he, I was looking at this note and this person was going, just ripping me a new one. And then I had to read two or three paragraphs down to figure out till till they finally admitted, oh, I'm a teacher too. And then I go, Oh, here this all makes sense now. And how dare you besmirch and, and disparage teachers? I go, I didn't besmirch or disparage not one teacher. I disparaged and besmirched the system that doesn't pay teachers what they're worth and doesn't educate children. So while you, sir, I said, are busy dedicated, and, and, he, and he was more right than he knew. That so-and-so was so dedicated to public education. Yes, I understand that. You are dedicated to government-run schools. I'm dedicated to educating children, and that's the difference. The, the same can be said about government's involvement in health care. The minute you start talking about, and it's, you know, Obamacare has been with us, what, six years? Folks are already talking about, don't take away my Obamacare. Don't take it away from me. Oh, I'm a conservative. Oh, like hell you are. I'm a conservative, but don't take it away from me. I mean, we got to be compassionate, right? we got to be compassionate. It's really easy to be compassionate with other people's money. Uh, These so-called government-run programs are running out of money, fulfilling the promise and fulfilling the what used to be self-evident prophecy of Margaret Thatcher. The problem with socialism, i.e. communism, socialism, collectivism, is that you sooner or later run out of other people's money. And that is true with Obamacare and true with the Republican repair. It's not a replace, folks. Ted Cruz came out today and said, it's not a repeal bill. I admit it, it's not a repeal bill. Now, Ted Cruz, to his credit, has done his best to inject transparency into this. And we talked a little bit about this too. That the younger folks are being allowed to buy, under the Senate bill, are now being allowed to buy plans that that, that fit them. Like Ellie. Ellie's young. She's healthy. So she doesn't want to go into to buy an insurance policy that ha- that is f- and enforced to buy maternity care or elderly care. She's in her 20s. What the hell does she need elderly care for? So that's what the Cruz amendment does inside of this plan and the liberals are already coming out and saying, "Well, that's going to that's going to drive up the cost on older and sicker people." Yeah, it It does that because you're older and sicker, you need more care. And that's, of course, going to drive up the cost. Well, that's not fair. And the liberals stop right there. And they will not finish the thought because they don't dare. And here's what the thought is. That they want to force younger people to buy stuff they don't need so that older and sicker people have a better go of it, have an easier time of it. And back to my lament about Nancy Pelosi and those of her ilk that want to pile on all of this responsibility onto their children or their grandchildren for them, for their own benefit. See, I was raised that you bust your ass, you work hard your entire life and you build up a nest egg so that you are not a burden to your kids. My, my mom and my dad t- told me, I just I just don't want to be a burden to you. But here comes Nancy Pelosi, and here comes Harry Reid. Here comes Barack Obama. Let me be clear. I want to be a burden to the to the next generation. Let me be a burden. Let me pile on tons of burden. Let me pile on billions of dollars worth of burden. Let me be clear. That's why I say it takes a special kind of person to believe this crap. They would want to that would want to have their life bettered at the expense of their kids and their grandkids. And I want to work hard, bust my ass, provide for myself so I'm not a burden to my kids. But there's something standing in my way. My government. I'll be back in a minute.
4: Keep up with the Chris Salcedo show on Facebook and on Twitter at
3: Chris Salcedo TX.
4: Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Latino conservative, Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Coming up the program, uh, we'll talk to Major General Paul Vallely about some of uh, our military's capabilities, our, the struggles going on around the globe. I have Mary Ramirez coming on in the second hour, and I'll get to some other things um, other than health care. I, I, I didn't do the flip around on purpose today, folks, because the basket of bias press is consumed... <sighs> There was somebody else in the meeting with Donald Trump Jr. And I'm so, you know what? The, and we touched base on this when we did the Dan Rather stuff. I think it was on Monday. Dan Rather talking about the feedback he's been getting that Americans are sick and tired of the agendized press and they're tired of the Russian thing. Either show me something that's concrete and and tell me what Russia did and then let's bomb the hell out of him. By the way, Paul Begala, you guys know who Paul Begala is? Paul Bagala, a uh, big Democrat pundit. Uh, I think he worked with, with Democrats in the past as well. Cl- a big Clinton family consigliere. He was the one that was leading the charge and making fun of Mitt Romney when Mitt Romney said that Russia was our number one geopolitical foe and Barack Obama, the arrogant ass, said, oh, uh, let me be clear, Governor Romney, uh, the, the, the all uh, the 80s are calling for their uh, foreign policy back. Remember that? I think I got it somewhere in here. Hold on a second. Obama. Romney. uh, Russia. Uh, Russia. I've got it somewhere in here. I know I do. uh, In the database. But um, yeah, it was uh, Russia. What what, what else did he say about that? Foreign policy. 80s. Maybe it'll be under 80s. No. Anyway, it's. It's all over the web if you guys want, if you really want to, if you're so desperate to hear President Obama's voice again, but you guys know the quote I'm talking about. Anyway, so Begala made fun of Romney when that happened. And then here comes Begala at the beginning of the year saying, uh, when POTUS, meaning Obama, mocked Romney in 2012 for saying Russia was a threat, I cheered, POTUS was wrong and I was wrong, said Begala. And then now he jumps on CNN just here a day or two ago and and is calling for dropping bombs. On Russia <laughs> it's a Democrat, right? It's a Democrat, and I, so either either get the dropping bombs like I want to, I think I think Russia ought to be punished too, for not only trying to interfere in our elections but also for uh invading an ally at any rate uh and that's just and, and that's probably because there are some things I don't know, but what whatever uh that's they're an ally we promised to defend them, and we didn't so for me. We needed to keep that promise, but back to this uh, Obamacare thing. There was I a um,
5: dinner that's Dana
3: Arubacker the- again, popping up on you know what the Hill. You've really got to say. Disa- I am reading a book right now that talks about this kind of stuff, this pop up technology, and how and how everybody who deals with pop ups are ticked off, pissed off at, and you actually build resentment. So a note to the Hill Disable your automatic playback because it pisses people off. Just saying. Uh, anyhow, the book I'm reading is quite fascinating on, uh, on brands and building passionate brands. Anywho, on the, on the healthcare debate, when the government controls whether your mommy or your daddy or your children get healthcare. And on what terms? They control you. And now we've got a pool of $200 billion that's been set aside that we're that's supposed to buy us lower rates from the insurance companies. But guess where that $200 billion is going? Not to you and me, to the insurance companies. Eight eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three.
0: The Chris Salcedo Show
3: on the Blaze Radio Network.
4: The Chris Salcedo Show, Conservative Talk Radio
0: with Spice. Where? are the rest of the media to talk about how Mexico has interfered in our elections and the way that we run our country. I, I mentioned North Korea as well, or China for that matter. And again, it raises the question of all of, of the selective outrage that the media has about foreign meddling, because I can recall a time when none of these liberal journalists cared that Al Gore and Bill Clinton were selling out our country to China. Uh, they, they were the ones that reluctantly had to cover. Uh, uh, the buying of our uh, uh, election by people like John Huang and Charlie tree and Maria Shaw wow.
1: memory lane. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. We have good recall. All Congratulations right. on that.
3: Yeah. Michelle Malkin talking with the guys over at Fox and friends yesterday morning and talking about the duplicity of the basket of bias press. Uh, of course, the latest, the latest to come out is that there might've been a uh, reportedly NBC news. And you can take this, you know, for what it's worth, I, you know, NBC News not exactly a trusted news agency anymore, uh, almost as bad as CNN. And they say that there was a former counterintelligence officer from the Soviet era in that meeting as well with Donald Trump Jr. So who knows what to make all of this? Uh, make out of all of this? But again, Chinese representatives were bought and paid for, as Michelle Malkin. Uh, was alluding to, or buying and paying for the Clintons' access, but nobody cared back then. But they care now because they're eager to get rid of Donald Trump. And those who are inside, and speaking of NBC News, how can we depend on them to be reporting accurately? They don't seem to know what's going on. NBC News anchors, Brian Williams, yes, the liar. Brian Williams, the, the confirmed and admitted liar was talking with Andrea Mitchell, uh, Hillary Clinton's best friend over there at NBC, and her biggest cheerleader. Uh, they were talking about Donald Trump, and Donald Trump saying, look look at the treatment I'm getting compared to what, I mean, Hillary did the same thing, and of course, he was talking about what the DNC did with inside the Ukrainian embassy to dig up dirt on on Trump. And that's okay. But when... Donald Trump Jr. seeks to do the same thing. Oh, well, that that steps over a line. But the Ukrainian incident with Team Hillary, these so-called informed news anchors, Brian Williams and Andrea Mitchell had no clue.
5: What we've heard from the president again, three minutes ago on Twitter, I'm hoping you can help me decipher this. Why aren't the same standards placed on the Democrats, period? Look what Hillary Clinton may have gotten away with, disgraceful. You want to take a whack at that? I'm trying to figure it out myself. They don't know, folks. They don't know. So he's still on the fake news or what the Democrats are doing, uh, that combo. Uh, perhaps this is a reference to emails since his son voluntarily <laughs> tweeted yeah, out yeah. a whole email chain. Uh, nobody was forcing him to do that other than the questions that were raised by the New York Times, and they said that they were about to reveal them himself. So uh, he voluntarily released his email, so perhaps it's an email reference, but uh, it's
3: hard to figure out what this is about.
5: Let the record show Andrew Mitchell's always game for a challenge, though sometimes the material leaves us with more questions. <laughs>
3: See, if these folks were honest arbiters and believed in being dedicated journalists regardless of who the party was, they would know this information. A well-balanced, well-informed reporter not only investigates what's going on with one political party, the Republican Party, and knows what's going on with the Democrat Party. And they didn't know. We're supposed to trust NBC News. They hire anchors who don't seem to, to, to either research or know or understand what's going on with the Democrat Party. And when they step, step in it. If, if indeed Hillary Clinton and the DNC did step in it, uh, apparently this activity is allowed, unless you're a Republican. They had no idea that there was coordination going on between the DNC and Ukraine. They had no idea. But yes, NBC News is reporting. uh, Whatever. Uh, Some bad news for the Republican Party. Um, More bad news, I should say. Real monthly federal spending topped $400 billion for the first time in June. The Republican Party, after six months of being in power, complete power, continue to spend like drunken sailors. Now, slightly in their defense, this is Barack Obama's budget, a continuation of Barack Obama's budget. But when we posted this on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, and that's how it works, folks. We post these articles on the Facebook page. It updates Twitter to let you know. Come back to Facebook if you want the full total. Our buddies over at CNS News have compiled this, and it's on the Republicans' watch. The first time... Now, remember, Barack Obama was the first occupier of the Oval Office to run up a trillion dollar deficit in one year he did it for four years straight he became the first occupier of the Oval Office to have four years straight trillion dollar deficits meaning the federal government spent a trillion dollars more than it brought in in taxes and put it on the credit card so the Republicans the message is time to cut spending. Time to stop spending, but what is the first major piece of legislation or piece of crap they come up with in the Senate under Mitch McConnell is a measure that adds $70 billion for an insurance bailout fund. And that's what, exactly what it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is the federal government buying off a business So the business can be bribed into lowering their rates. Now, that's a lot of things, folks, but the free market, it is not. The Republican Congress is saying, hey, insurance companies. Yeah, we know that you jumped in bed with Barack Obama and you uh, you colluded with Barack Obama to screw your country and you abandoned capitalism. You abandoned free enterprise. And now now that you've got your goodies ahead of time. Because all of Obamacare was front loaded and you got your billions and billions and billions of dollars in your coffers and now you're starting to lose money. Oh, now here come the Republican Party. You keep that money coming into our campaign coffers and we'll bail you out. And that's how it's working behind the scenes. It's just your money. Well, what do you care? It's just your money. So our lament And our caution to the Republican Party is stop spending time to talk about. You know, do you guys realize nobody's talking about reining in government spending? You realize that nobody. Time was you had a Republican Party who would talk about this stuff. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now, we are in some pretty trying times right now, just like we were back in the 1970s, late 1970s. And shortly after being shot, Ronald Reagan stepped to the podium in a joint session of Congress and said the following. It's been half a year
2: since the election that charged all of us in this government with the task of restoring our economy. Where have we come in these six months? Inflation, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, has continued at a double-digit rate. Mortgage interest rates have averaged almost 15% for these six months, preventing families across America from buying homes. There are still almost 8 million unemployed. The average workers' hourly earnings after adjusting for inflation are lower today than they were six months ago. And there have been over 6,000 business failures. Six months is long enough. The American people now want us to act and not in half measures. Six
3: months is long enough. Look at the first six months of this Republican-controlled Congress. He was, he was talking to Democrats. The Democrats controlled the legislature at that time. He was talking to the majority Democrats, who back then, some of them, Tip O'Neill and his crew, actually had a couple of responsible bones left in their bodies. They're not the, the panty-waist socialist communists that you see today in Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid and he said 6 months is long enough we got to get to work and you look today at all houses and the white house in republican control and save neil gorsuch what gorsuch what can you point to that this republican controlled congress has done for you what has this republican congress done to remove government out of your life to remove government out of health care, to remove government out of decision-making processes that you should be involved in making exclusively. What have they done to cut spending? What have they done to de- decrease your taxes? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They demand
2: and they've earned. a full and comprehensive effort to clean up our economic mess. Because of the extent of our economy's sickness, we know that the cure will not come quickly. And that even with our package, progress will come in inches and feet, not in miles. But to fail to act will delay even longer and more painfully the cure which must come.
3: Now he got his, he got his wish, he got it implemented. And within a year's time, the country started to turn around. At a few short weeks after this speech, The economy, he he got his package and slowly but surely it began to turn around. There is no groundbreaking legislation on the horizon for our country that Ronald Reagan helped push through. There's none of that. You can see that in this lame attempt by the Republicans to repeal Obamacare. It's not even a repeal. They're, 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 you, you, I want you all to recognize this. The Republican Party will not repeal Obamacare. And, and the president has said, I'm going to sign it, whatever it is, because they want to get the tax reform. They think, that, they think they know what they're doing there. After what I've seen from Obamacare, I'm not so sure.
2: And that cure begins with the federal budget.
3: And the budgetary actions
2: taken by the Congress over the next few days will determine how we respond to the message of last November 4th. That message was very simple. Our government is too big and it spends too much.
3: Now, what's the difference between then and today? The government problem is still there. It is too big and it spends too much of our money. The difference is, back then, the American people gave a damn. Today, I don't know. Back then, there are responsible leaders who worked in the best interest of the United States of America. Today, I don't know. I'll be right back.
1: Telling the truth It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo:
0: The Blaze radio Network.
1: Salcedo.
3: Yeah, I know it's been a, a rather, not, not, not a rather uh, uplifting Friday program, folks, but I've, I've got an obligation in my mind to you to tell you what I feel about these developments. And I, and I will say this current crop of, and I'm making air quotes with my fingers, leaders doesn't give me a lot of hope for the future of this country. Um, these are people that are weak. These are people who... Uh, have bought, uh, they've bought the idea that government has a role in healthcare. They They believe, as Charles Krauthammer pointed out, that, that Barack Obama was right. And these Susan Collins, Bob Corkers, uh, Mitch McConnells of the world, are, they, they have agreed that socialism is the wave of the future for America. And we see, uh, looking at the capitals of Europe, looking at our neighbors to the north, what the future looks like. It's not America. I mean, we'll still be around, but prosperous, ability to do things, uh, great things, it will not be around if, um, if we continue heading this direction. Uh, Ellie, do you know what Lord of the Rings is? Yes. Did you enjoy the Lord of the Rings movies? Yes, I did. Whoa. Once in a while, Stephen Colbert stumbles on funny. Is um, as, as actually humorous. And he had the guy who vo- voices Gollum uh, on on his show, and he had him do something. Listen to this. I would love it if I could hear either Smeagol or Gollum. Okay. Um, or both. Uh, read these tweets by Donald Trump. <laughs> That'd be-
4: Media has never been so wrong or so dirty, purposely incorrect stories and phony sources to meet their agenda of hate sad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just, 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 you can lose this one, just, just that one if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Despite the constant negative press, (laughs) Kerfuffy. Wait,
5: wait, wait. What's Kerfuffy precious?
1: No one
3: knows. (laughs) (laughs) As I said, once in a while, Colbert stumbles onto funny. (laughs) That was gold. I'm sorry. That was hearing those tweets being read by Gollum. I want my tweets read by Gollum. That'd be awesome. All right. Um, Paul Vallely, General Paul Vallely, up next on the Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. Stick with me, folks. Happy Friday. 888-900-3393. The Chris
0: Salcedo Show.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics, with a side of Latin flair. Vices, I don't
2: have to show you how to stinking vices.
1: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Hey, welcome back! It's the Chris Salcedo Show. I'm glad you've tuned into the program. We'll get into some other uh, other issues of import uh, coming off Obamacare. Now we're going to talk a little bit about. What's happening abroad? Because just because we're having all of these political discussions here at home and the Democrats can't handle a, a Trump victory doesn't mean that the, the world is getting any safer. Let's talk about it with a trusted uh, individual here on the Chris Salcedo Show, Major General Paul Valley, U.S. Army retired, Chairman of Stand Up America, and one of the many spokespersons for the Special Operations Opsec Education Fund. General Valley served in Vietnam, retired in 1993 as Deputy Commanding General Pacific Command. General, it's been a long time, sir. Thank you for being back here on the Chris Salcedo Show.
6: For the kind invitation again.
3: All right, well, sir, uh, let's 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 get moving on uh, North Korea. Now look. Everybody that's been giving me and and, and and I've been talking to off the air and, and watching on television said that basically no good options here in North Korea. If worse comes to worse, what can we do?
6: Well, uh, we've had plans regarding North Korea for over five decades now, working with uh, the South Korean forces and bolstering the, their strength. So you have uh, basically uh, a, a shroud around North Korea in terms of our 7th Fleet, uh, our Air Forces, the South Korean and Japanese Armed Forces. uh, And uh, we have a tremendous intelligence capability that we watch everything that goes on in North Korea, 24 hours a day. So if they heat up a rocket, it goes hot, we can watch it. Uh, So uh, we're in a very good position uh, to keep uh, or tamp down, hopefully, uh, North Korea and their ambitions. And then continue to try to move China uh, forward to do uh, the required actions to uh, uh, keep North Korea under control in regards to the ballistic missiles, nuclear development program. So we have a number of options out there, and of uh, uh, course, comes to worse. Uh, you know, we'll know uh, if they're going to launch or if they do launch. We have an anti missile capability, we have nuclear and uh, non nuclear weapon conventional capability from our fleet and from the armed forces of the U.S. and South Korea, as well as uh, the South Korean armed forces.
3: Right. It's it's common knowledge that the United States of America has the potential to completely annihilate North Korea, and that's not been the yeah. issue. It's been their conventional capability aimed at our allies in Seoul mm-hmm. in in South Korea. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, right. do we have intelligence that's good enough and targeting systems that are sophisticated enough? To target those conventional weapon platforms, I'm talking about the major, those huge guns that fire those massive shells that could, could lay waste to Seoul 30 miles away from the DMZ, do we have the ability to take out those positions simultaneously?
6: Well, what comes in place uh, first, Chris, is the intelligence and the accuracy uh, of that intelligence. Now, South Korea does have intel agents in North Korea, okay? Okay. Uh, we have the satellite capability. Uh, we can look down, see down and watch as they move. They've placed a lot of things, of course, underground. Uh, but, uh, there's a vigilant, uh, uh, I would say analysis each day in the command centers in South Korea, that track, anything that moves. Uh, so I would say 90% of the targets are in the database. So if we get any indications from the intel agents in North Korea that they're going to conduct a launch uh, against South Korea, they may get a few leakers off initially, uh, but certainly w- within an hour we would retaliate with uh, overwhelming um Offensive capability against North Korea. We hope that won't happen, but we have the capability to do that.
3: Our guest is the former Deputy Commanding General of Pacific Command, Major General Paul Vallely. Let's switch to to ISIS. Uh, it seems the news accounts are detailing victory after victory after victory, and and many are saying it's because it's there's been a change at the top. We finally have a pro American president who is willing to win. Um, is that your assessment?
6: Yes, and uh, as uh, President Trump uh, outlined, you know, prior to uh, uh, his uh, election as the president, said we would uh, basically neutralize and destroy ISIS in the Levant, uh, primarily talking about uh, Syria uh, and Iraq. Uh, when I was in Moscow two months ago, I was the U.S. representative to speak there on the Middle East. We had twelve. Uh, Arab nations there, including Egypt, uh, including UAE, Saudi Arabia, and so on. And we pretty much came to the agreement, even from the Arab nations, that uh, ISIS would be terminated by the end of this year, uh, as far as a uh, organization that occupies Raqqa and Mosul, and both of those uh, major cities now are pretty much near the end. Even ISIS members, Chris, are trying to find a way to get the heck out of there. Nobody will take them. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So it's in they want. They want to leave. <laughs> Things aren't going well for them.
3: Yeah. Well, so, and again, a, a, ch- a change in mindset at the top, I think, is uh, it, it was key. As a matter of fact, when you've got uh, uh, individuals who are who are uh, pundits over on NBC saying that this kind of stuff would never have happened under under Obama, meaning these victories, uh, it says something. Uh, let's turn to Russia. And I well, look, th- th- this whole thing with the intelligence and the interfering with the elections and, and, and all of that kind of stuff is is a separate discussion. But I am concerned about their military prowess, which my understanding is we we best them in almost every category. And I have long advocated for even when Obama was in office, a military response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. What is your take on that? militarily speaking, uh, and w- with the knowledge, I think we all understand that, that Russia doesn't want a real conflict with the United States. They just want to be a pain in our butts. So what would, how would an engagement like that go as far as you're concerned uh, with, with us forces pushing back perhaps Russia out of Ukraine?
6: Well, first of all, uh, Chris, we got to deal with today and tomorrow. We can do nothing about yesterday. Uh, only learn from it. Uh, and, uh, on the other hand, when after visiting Moscow several months ago, uh, the Russians really want to work with us. They're not as bad and evil as many people would think they are. Um, and so uh, I think uh, uh, Secretary Tillerson and Trump realize we're not going to get anything solved in the Middle East and some other areas unless we work with Russia, just as we've done. Russia's never attacked the United States, when you think about it. And they have their reasons when you look through their eyes of why they went into a very corrupt Ukraine uh, and they wanted to take the naval base back uh, in Crimea. And so they had their reasons for doing this just as we had reasons for going into Iraq uh, into other areas of the Middle East as we've done being very provocative. So um, I think we have to have the mindset to move forward here. And Putin, Russia will do what they want to do and need to do, just as we should be doing in other countries. Doesn't say it's all correct uh, or uh, right, but on the other hand, uh, we need to work with Russia, uh, and they are more conducive to working with us now with po- with Putin and Trump. And we'll see what comes out of their meeting uh, uh, definitively, especially about Syria.
3: Uh, last question I have for you, because I know you still keep in touch with. Uh... Uh, people that are in in the military Uh, the the readiness and the status of our forces Uh, you know that the uh, under the last administration climate change has been the guiding principle inside of our military you've had these social experiments that have been going on inside of our military you know about the cut in spending about uh, our aircraft and our ships having to cannibalize parts just to remain effective and only half of our forces are effective Uh, Is there a turnaround there that you've been hearing about now that, again, now that there's been a change at the top?
6: Yeah, there's a tremendous turnaround in three areas. First of all, General Mattis, uh, they're not going to do social engineering anymore. The only big remaining issue there is the transgender situation, and that's being discussed now. But the second major thing is that President Trump and the White House have given the regional commanders uh, the authority to do what they have to do in their area of operation. So he's uh, taken out uh, the uh, direction of everything from the White House when it comes to military operations like in the Middle East or and other areas, uh, or South Korea, for example. Uh, third is the morale is uh, uh, increasing and becoming very, very positive in the military from the input I'm getting. They're glad to see we have a very positive leader uh, in the white house now, as well as the department of defense and the secretary of state where the military works, you know, around the world with our state department in some areas. So it's all very positive. Yeah. There's a lot more to do to, uh, drain the swamp, uh, <laughs> <in> the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> nice so job.
3: Hey, on Hey, on um, that. uh, general, I, I gotta, I gotta scoot them up against the clock here. Major general sure. Paul sure. Vallely, everybody. Uh, uh, one of our one of our go to guys when we want to talk about U uh, mil- S military concerns U S Army retired uh, and he is a spokesperson for the Special Operations Obstacle Education Fund General. Have a great weekend, sir. Thanks for being here on the Salcedo Show. Thank you, Chris. Eight hundred two eight eight W B. I got th- I had the wrong number again. Eight. A- a- <laughs> I almost, I almost got it all out there, didn't I, Ellie? I almost got the whole dang thing. Almost triple eight. I know I caught myself. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. When we get back, a couple of more things I want to roll out before we talk to Mary Ramirez coming up at the bottom of the hour. Chris Salcedo Show Friday Edition on the Blaze.
1: You are listening to the Chris Salcedo Show,
0: the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze
3: Radio Network. Fox News doing a good report on the Trump administration's cracking down on illegal aliens. Uh, I guess this might slow the degradation of America as uh, progressives want to build up the entitlement state and then open up the entitlement state to every, every Tom, Dick, and Harry around the globe, whoever can get here illegally. Uh, At least the Trump administration is trying to say, well, there's a reason why we have uh, immigration laws and they ought to be adhered to and the crackdown is here. Tuesday
5: morning in L.A., ICE agents prepare to arrest criminal aliens in a city that protects them. First up, Carlos Sanchez, a gang member convicted of multiple felonies. Across town, agents look for Eduardo Jimenez. They catch him trying to escape. How can I tell my wife? We'll give you a phone call soon when we get situated. Convicted of alien smuggling, theft, and two DUIs, L.A. released Jimenez from jail. Jail. I don't want to let that go. Hold on a minute. What, What was he convicted of? And two DUIs, LA alien smuggling,
3: theft, and two DUIs. Alien smuggling, theft, and a couple of driving out of the influence convictions. And LA says, this is who we want mixing in with our citizens. Illegal aliens coming into this country, committing felonies, and... Los Angeles says it's wholly appropriate for us to uh, let them get on the streets and expose them to you, American citizens, so they can kill one of you. We brought up the story here. We've been trying to get to it for the last couple of days on the Chris Salcedo show about the seven-time deportee, you heard me right, deported Seven times a felon decides he wants to get liquored up on you know one no not not one twelve twelve cans of beer and go out and kill somebody and the left wing goes oh, that guy's got rights don't don't deport him let's just keep him in the country you racist. Oh, so I, to prove I'm not a racist, I have to say I want illegal alien felons here drinking and driving and killing people. Right.
5: L.A. released Jimenez from jail
1: after a hit and run. It's true. That I can be here without papers. You were? Yeah, I'm worried. Well, everybody works. And
3: there's a lot of people the same as me. So. Do they blame Trump? Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That guy, yeah, that guy, Donald Trump, screwing up a good thing, screwing up uh, illegal activity all over the place. Oh, that guy, you know? Hey, everybody's doing it, you know? illegals are illegals are here. I mean, California practically invites me.
6: Messed up everything.
3: <laughs> I <to> like <laughs> Did you hear that? That guy is messing up everything. Donald Trump. Hold on.
6: Do they blame Trump?
3: Yeah. that guy. I everything. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you guys something? Can I? L- let me tell you something. You're liberty-loving Latino. I take this from me. I am incredibly happy that illegal activity is being screwed up. As a matter of fact, I like it when illegal activity is screwed up. And you know what? I think we need more of screwing with illegal activity. As a matter of fact, the entire state of California is just one big Illegal alien crap show. And I would like to see all of California screwed with. Sanchez
5: also blames Trump. What Trump is doing is just insanity. You know, he's not looking at the criminals, he's looking at, you know, just because you got oh uh, yet according to ice even with his controversial crackdown president trump is on track to deport significantly fewer criminal and non-criminal immigrants than president obama police chiefs across the nation
3: let me let me take that stat you all know that stat from ob from the era of obama was phony because resident obama was counting the the, the people that they stopped at the border and said up stop there turn around go back the other way and they counted that as a deportation that's not a deportation and trump's not counting those
5: believe that enlisting local police to enforce immigration law is a bad idea. We're
3: not asking them to enforce immigration law. We're just asking them to allow us to do our jobs.
5: Two sanctuary states, four counties, and four cities are currently under a legal review by the Attorney General, including Las Vegas, where today he urged Clark County to cooperate with ICE. Uh, too many jurisdictions still refuse to cooperate with the federal immigration authorities regarding illegal aliens who commit
3: crimes. I I have to say this, that those municipalities who are not cooperating with the federal government, they deserve to be punished. You guys heard my conversation with Michael McCall yesterday, and I was asking him, shouldn't we be throwing Democrats? Let's be honest who they are. They're Democrats. Shouldn't we be throwing Democrats in jail when they come up with policies that thumb their nose at federal immigration law? I mean— Let's be let's be honest. My butt would be thrown in jail if I violated federal law, right? Why can't we throw elected Democrats into jail when they violate federal law? The state of California is passing a law that makes the entire damn state a sanctuary state. Now, I, I was a little rhetorical here a minute ago saying I wanted the whole state of California disrupted. I'm talking about the government. There's a lot of good people out in California who believe in the rule of law, who see it's it's turned into a crap show out there and they don't deserve to be screwed with but everybody else who is in everybody's a majority of those folks out there in government deserve to for making laws like this and tucker carlson had the orange county sheriff on and this was and the, the orange county sheriff was reacting to this sanctuary state law i mean it's not like illegal
5: aliens in california are having a tough time anyway california is more illegals than any state by far. A huge percentage of your population is there illegally, so what was the need that gave rise to this bill, or is it purely a symbolic act aimed at the administration?
6: It's a
0: symbolic act aimed at the administration, in my opinion, but more importantly, it
2: places Californians at risk.
3: Now, why does it do that? Because it forbids sheriffs like Sheriff Hutchison here, or Hutchins, I should say, Hutchins. If Sheriff Hutchins arrests, a seven-time deportee a felon and wants him, him or her deported deported the state of california is now prohibiting the sheriff from reporting that to the federal government so so los angeles can take that illegal alien felon or these other municipalities can take that illegal alien felon and release him or her onto the streets to harm americans that's what the law inside of california would do and the sheriff says i'm supposed to be protecting the american people not harming them and these democrats in california are protecting the illegal alien felons
1: the chris salcedo show will be right back
3: the blaze radio network
1: Salcedo show on the Blaze Radio Network
3: of being uh, being uh, impacted by these criminals who are getting released to the street. Wait, so so
5: if the state of California can say to the feds, we're we're just ignoring your law, then why can't Orange County say to the state of California, we're ignoring your law? I mean, would you abide by these terms or would you
3: notify
4: the feds if you apprehended
3: an illegal you know, we've already asked the question we've asked legal counsel, Cal State Sheriff says, uh, which I'm a member has asked legal counsel,
2: and we would be subject to uh, we'd be subject to being prosecuted if we didn't
5: follow the state law. Oh. But it puts us in a hor. you make a great point. It puts us in a terrible position of violating federal law, not cooperating with federal authorities.
3: So isn't that typical of leftists, folks? I mean, we, we saw this with uh, with. Well, we've made the comparison with the illegal immigration or with the immigration laws in Obamacare. If we decided we didn't want to comply with Obamacare, which is a federal law, liberals would go nuts and they would pledge to prosecute us. So there you heard Sheriff Hutchins basically saying, yeah, we checked into this and even though California would be violating federal law and then getting off scot-free, they would prosecute us for violating their law. It's It's... It's banana republic cronyism. It's banana republic socialism. Uh, basically, do as I say, not as I do government. And it's, it, it's not, well, it's social justice. That's what it is. It's social justice, meaning the absence of justice. Uh, we, 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 we'll, we will determine which laws are good to follow, and we are the American left. It's not the rule of law, folks. And... and- God bless Tucker for bringing this uh, to our attention. Uh, Mary Ramirez standing by, as you guys can probably hear her clicking there in the background. Yes, I can hear your mouse.
0: Um, <laughs> hey, I'm, I tried to mute. My Skype updated. Yeah, oh, yeah, I
3: know. My You know what? I can't see. Well, actually, I can't see the mute. Um,
0: you know what? I'm not a fan of this new version. I'm not a fan. The buttons are not right there. It's like, what the heck?
3: <laughs> I know. I didn't update it either. Hey, welcome. Uh, glad you made it, everybody. For those of you who don't know, Mary Ramirez a uh, longtime contributor here to the Chris Salcedo show. And uh, what are we writing about this week?
0: Well, Chris, um, the issue I'm writing about this week, it, you know, it might not seem necessarily as, as pressing to people as, as some of the other issues you just described, the illegal immigration crisis. Uh, just a moment ago, you were talking to the general about North Korea, but this particular issue, I think that the implications long-term are just as eroding and ultimately detrimental to sane society. Um, so this article uh, got passed along to me from a magazine. I think it's Marie Claire or some other lifestyle magazine um, passed along to me this week. And the title was Dear Parents to Be, Stop Celebrating Your Baby's Gender. And, of course, it caught my eye because not only because, you know, we're, we are going to be finding out our unborn child's gender here in, in just a couple of weeks. Cheater. Um, <laughs> hey, come on. Cheater. I'm not that patient. Not that patient. Cheater. I, and do it. My mom and dad did it with four kids, and I, you know what? God bless them. I don't have the patience, I tell mm-hmm. you. But anyway, um, you know, we had, we had to do like a Salcedo swarm pool, like get people to vote and see what the where the votes <gasps> well, lie. Well it's kind, there, of,
3: it's kind of 50-50 odds. Well, you know yeah. what? Unless <laughs> unless you use a, what, how many options now have the, have leftists told us that we have for uh, sex? Uh, 26,
0: 26 um, well, different things. It Facebook, it's in the, uh, in the nineties, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, which feeds right into into the article. Um, You know, this woman is essentially saying that assigning gender or celebrating the gender, but assigning, assigning meaning you're looking at an ultrasound or you're looking at the child, him or herself when they're born and looking at the anatomy, um, that assigning that gender and making that decision for the child before they can make it themselves is somehow narcissistic and cruel and unfair to that child. What?
3: No, I'm, you're going to have to explain this to me because, you know, when it comes to left wing <laughs> idiocy, I, you really have to go slow because I really don't understand. So they're saying that if you are celebrating, oh, it's a boy or oh, it's a girl, you shouldn't do that because why?
0: Because it's narcissistic, because it's essentially unfair to, to the child because they haven't had an opportunity to feel for themselves what they are emotionally.
3: So and, so let let me, let me just carry this out. So what they're saying is, if, if the child is a girl, and the child grows up to hate being a girl, you shouldn't take that hate away from them uh, by by loving the fact that they're a girl.
0: I, uh, sure, I mean they. <laughs> is that so what I'm? Is that what I'm
3: understanding? It. Is
0: that is? Or, well, the, I, and, and yeah, I mean I address this in the article too. That that you've got little girls anatomically, biologically, genetically born little girls that don't necessarily grow up loving you know, pink dresses and, and dolls and so on and so forth, and that's fine. Um, but what these people want to do is take personal preference and opinion and change science and change genetics. They, they're literally sitting here and saying, it doesn't matter that your 23rd pair of chromosomes in the human genome, it doesn't matter that that's either an XX or an XY, um, it's just what you feel. And right. that has been parlayed into the whatever it is, 70 to 90 um, different <laughs> options that <laughs> Facebook now has for gender. Um, but that imposing anything on that child is is before they're old enough to, to feel that themselves mm-hmm. is somehow cruel. It's just like this. There's a mother up in. Well, <laughs> I don't even know if she refers to herself as a mother. She's non-binary. She is a female. Clearly, she gave birth to a child. Wait, 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 wait. Um,
3: she calls herself non-binary.
0: Yeah, so she's What do we
3: can we call her an incubator?
0: I guess. I mean, that's essentially what she's she is if she's refusing to call herself a female who gave birth to a child. Okay, uh-huh. you're an incubator that gave birth to a child. Okay. Um, but she she fought to have her child um on their birth certificate to have gender unlisted or undetermined she, oh, she that's lost right. that battle she, it was However, x right it was
3: x she wanted x it was
0: you oh, undetermined you. and Under- she got that on the child's i guess canada has a sort of a national id type card thing Ugh. she got that on the child's card because she wanted the child to be able to make that decision themselves well here's the, the deal okay and I, I my piece, i write this to my unborn child that's not your decision you don't. I mean, I, I can decide to dye my hair red. It doesn't change the fact that I'm blonde. I can decide to put in, you know, purple context. It doesn't change the fact that I am genetically blue-eyed. Okay, so, you know, again. No, you I don't think have you're right. Love. You know what?
3: I'm going to change that definition. I think that actually blue is really green. Let's just, let's just call you green-eyed now.
0: Fair enough. Why right. not? I mean, look, Chris, remember, you're you're practicing Catholic. You remember when Pilate turns to Jesus and he kind of mockingly says, you know, <laughs> what is truth? That's really where we're at here today. Because yeah. if you can sit here and deny science and deny fact, provable fact, then where are we? I mean, this, this woman in the piece, it was so interesting. She, she went on to give examples of people who are, you know, uh, born with uh, physical defects like, you know, female parts on the outside and male parts on the inside or vice versa or nothing or whatever. And yet, you know, so she's, she's calling that then proof that gender is not defined by, you know, what you are to, uh, anatomically. Right. Well, but yet, that's a genetic
3: anomaly. A, that's a, that's a, that's a exactly scientific right. genetic anomaly.
0: Well, and not only, not only, or, is an I'm anom- sorry, an uh, anomaly. Uh,
3: it, it's a, it's a, uh,
0: well, an abnormality is what it yeah, is. It's an
3: ab- yeah, it's an Yeah, they, they call right. it an abnormality. There's, there's an, uh, and I'm not trying to say defect, but um,
0: well, it is, it is, and this is, and I pointed this out in the piece. It's not, it is not to demean or demote the humanity of any of these people, anyone born with a physical defect. But human beings are supposed to have certain sets of things, you know, two arms, two legs, two eyes, and so on. <laughs> yeah. You've got people in... Certain certain sets of of
3: things, yes, yes, go ahead. (laughs) Exactly,
0: (laughs) you know, yeah. So biologically, we're supposed to have these things, right? And when things don't, you know, it can happen. There's a man in Australia, he's a, uh, a motivational speaker now, um nick and i cannot pronounce his last name he's he was born with no appendages he has no arms and no legs and yet we're not changing the anatomical definition of a human being because of someone like that nor are we changing it for someone like the little girl in india who was born with i think it was three sets of legs um so but my point is those those things are abnormalities but even even with the presence of those abnormalities you can still do a blood test that looks at your genome and looks at your chromosomes and says, yeah, you are genetically male or you're genetically female. But it's just – the point is this woman is, is, is suggesting that we deny science and that we – and, and that, frankly, this is the part that gets me even more upset and, and why I wrote this letter to my unborn child. This woman and so many others are insisting, forcing society to force this debate on children that are too young to comprehend it. Children do not develop; – they're not miniature adults. You know, they they develop in very unique and very distinct phases. There's four of them psychologically, emotionally, mentally. Four of these stages, and when you force these debates on children earlier than they can comprehend it, it screws with them. There are consequences for it, and that's what we're accepting here with, you know, w- w- with trying to be open-minded and and you know, um, and accepting of 98 different genders. Got so it.
3: yeah, all right. Well, it's... what's the name of the piece? <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I'm sorry sorry you, you cut out just a second there so it's what, what, up on my blog yep. and it's dear unborn child yes you have a gender yeah. and I will uh, tweet that out following the segment
3: okay uh it's it's amazing what we find to talk about these days and of course it isn't it though it doesn't take a it doesn't change a tinker's darn bit of difference or improve anybody's life for these idiots to come in there and say oh let's let's just change designations Let's let's, let's be undetermined or it, it's it's just Idiocy from people who have apparently way too much time on their hands. Mara Ramirez, everybody, glad you made it here to the program. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Chris. You as well. All right, telephone number, folks. If you want to weigh in before we skedaddle for uh, the weekend, triple eight nine 900 eight-nine zero zero-3393. Salcedo show's back in two shakes. Be right back.
0: The Chris Salcedo Show.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs>
1: Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Trey Lines Phillips out the Blaze brings us this story out of Indiana. Indiana School District has kowtowed to a prominent atheist group in its complaint about incorporating prayer into its graduation ceremonies. Elkhart Community Schools received a letter of complaint last month from the Wisconsin-based Freedom From Religion Foundation. Freedom From Religion, by the way, does not exist in the U.S. Constitution. Freedom From Religion Foundation, uh, which I believe should be a hate group, designated as a hate group. Anyway, uh, regarding the fact that prayers were featured in a graduation ceremony at the Roosevelt STEAM Academy an elementary school with a hands-on approach to science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. In response to... In a response sent to the Freedom from Religion Foundation late last month, Elkhart Schools District Council Chief Staff and General Counsel W. Douglas, Thorne confirmed to the atheist organization that the schools would stop including prayer in their ceremonies. And this is a prime example as to why we need vouchers. Why um, government-run schools are insufficient because they result in a loss of your First Amendment freedoms. The WBAP players, folks, a little tired of all of the bias in the press, and the WBAP players decided to put that being tired to music. Sounds like this.
4: and them, we come from different worlds. Can't watch the news no more from some bubble-headed girl. The media's crazy, and they wonder why. Every time they speak of Trump, we think it's all a lie. Is there nothing I can do? I only want to hear the news. It's all Russia each night and every day. And I just found out that Shepard Smith is gay. So it's Putin this, and it's Putin that this russian news is just a bunch of crap is there nothing i can do i only want to hear the news amen to that you can call me a fool i only want to hear the news (laughs) now it's donald jr and a russian chick (laughs) and i don't care no more it all just makes me sick It's a hearing there and a hearing here We'll have to put up with this for three and a half more years (laughs) Is there nothing I can do? Oh, man. I only wanna hear the news Can I get an amen, please? (laughs) Guess they think I'm a fool I only wanna hear the news Sometimes I wonder if it'll ever end, it'll probably be the same when I'm messing my depends. So There's <laughs> nothing I can do. I only wanna hear the news. Yes, I guess I'm a fool. I only wanna hear the news. I only wanna hear the news.
3: Yeah. yeah. Nice work. Our pals of the WBAP players uh, coming up with a good one. I only want to hear the news. Maybe we should send that to CNN. I, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, you know, it does seem like we're this this Russia drumbeat will never. You know who's out there saying that that she has Russia fatigue, ladies and gentlemen. Russia fatigue is coming from uh, Allison Camerata. She is the the anchor over at CNN. The basket of bias leader who has been driving this idiotic narrative for the entire, well, at least the last six, seven months. Has been exclusively wall-to-wall, 93% of their coverage over at CNN. And then Allison Camerata comes on the air and says, man... Am I sick and tired of all this Russia crap? (laughs) It just doesn't get any lamer than that, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, remember, everybody, as we go into the weekend, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have yourselves a great weekend, Ellie. Gonna miss you, kid. Gonna miss you. See you next week, Monday. Bye.
0: This is The Chris Salcedo Show.
1: Part of the next generation of talk radio.
0: This is the Blaze Radio Network.